0: everybody, and welcome to episode 156 of the Savvy Girls podcast. This is Melanie, and I am podcasting to you from Montreal, Quebec. However, this podcast will mostly not be from Montreal, Quebec. A few weeks ago, my friend Chad and I went on a road trip. We drove from New York City down to Daytona Beach, Florida. And before that, I had some guests in the apartment in New York City, Danita and her husband, Matthew, so that's Inagata, Danita, and uh, Westy, a whole bunch of numbers on Ravelry, came to stay with me, and this podcast is made up of a bit of chatting from Montreal, visits from Chad on the road trip, who is not a knitter, visits from Danita and Matthew, and a lovely chat with Catherine from Car- Cardree from Charleston, South Carolina, who was kind enough to offer Chad and I shelter on our drive down. And who is a knitter, and Deborah's swap partner from this year, and my swap partner from a former swap. So, everybody, sit back, just toss your knitting needles at a map because this thing has been recorded everywhere, and enjoy the show. And I say,
1: wait, hey, hey, it's just an day, and it's all your state of mind.
2: At the end of the day, you just got to say it's all right.
0: Hello, everybody. So here I am in Montreal, and let's see. Right now, I am in my cozy apartment. It is supposed to be freezing in Montreal because, you know, it's January, and it's Canada, and Snowzilla just hit New York City. You can can tell this podcast has been recorded a little bit before it came out because Deborah did her Vogue Knitting Live episode first. However, Snowzilla just hit New York, and yet here it's raining... (laughs) It is pouring outside, freezing cold rain, and of course, even though I brought basically every piece of knitwear a girl might need for the winter in Montreal, I did not bring any rain gear. I think that's sensible. After all, January in Canada. So instead of getting out and seeing the world today, I'm hiding until hopefully the rain stops. And I thought, before we get to the interviews and the visits and the chit-chats on this podcast... I would talk a little bit about my experience moving to Montreal because yes, people, I think I live here now. I'm not sure. I still am sort of confused about why I'm here and where I am. So I'm in Montreal. I am only here for two or three more weeks at the moment because I will be singing in Veneau in March. So I need to go home to Alberta. First, A, because I bought my ticket to Fresno from Edmonton and second, because Savvy Mum wants to visit Savvy Bubs in Toronto and there's the issue of Colette. Now, I have one little gerbil at the moment, little Juno, and she's a good little gerbil most of the time. She's fine. She is not going to be any trouble. However, Colette the sparrow, the rescue sparrow, in case you haven't been listening, Deborah and I rescued a sparrow and she's currently in Alberta. She was born in New York. She's a very well-troubled sparrow she is constantly demanding and i'm going to get savvy mom to rant on about that on on another episode because it's funnier when she tells about it but the bird cannot be left alone for more than a few minutes when she wants attention because she will come and she'll pull at your eyelashes or peck at your face or make sad noises or poop on your phone (laughs) she she's and these aren't random things she she wants attention she wants to play And it's not as simple as getting someone to come in and feeding her. Because, yes, I guess we could do that. But she's not that kind of a bird. She needs love. She needs cuddles and kisses on her beak. So I need to go home to Alberta to bird-sit my bird while Savvy Mom cavorts off in Toronto. And then after that, I'm going to Fresno And a couple days first in San Jose, San Francisco, where I am seeing some very, very close friends. Yay! And probably recording a podcast and then after that I will I have a few gigs I don't want to talk about them yet because they're amazing but they're only possibilities but they are afar and they are afar in places I haven't been before then April I don't know what I'm doing prob- hope back here May don't know what I'm doing back here I suppose uh but at the end of May I have a show in Calgary a show in Edmonton and then I am hauling myself to the United Kingdom to tour throughout I have concerts in several cities, and then my regular summer tour begins, possibly Prague. Definitely Regina, Winnipeg, and then to Edinburgh. So that... Oh, no, and after Edinburgh to Vancouver. So, yeah, things are getting busy. So I don't really live anywhere, because I will be living out of one very heavy suitcase, likely, or two. Because, you know, mouse... Mouse puppets are heavy, and they take up a lot of room. They're not really heavy, but they do take up a lot of room. However, I think that Montreal is going to be my base. However, when I arrived in Montreal, it was not the best day. So, okay. I took the train up from New York City. Deborah had arrived back from Jordan the night before. So I had had time to say hi to Deborah. We went out for some happy hour $2 vegetarian sliders. And then I... Was going to finish packing, but instead I took a, one last bath in my lovely bathtub. And then the next morning was a mad scramble to Penn Station to catch the Amtrak train up to Montreal. And I got in line early. I did the pre-check because since you're going to Canada, they need to make sure you're not a terrorist. Whatever. And so I was in line and we were just about to board the train and Deborah was standing near me and everyone was about to board when they took exception to the amount of luggage I had. Now... I had looked up the luggage rules. My luggage was okay. It was probably if they weighed the bigger bags, they were not okay. But as far as pieces of luggage, they were fine. And we're talking a train. It's not as if something needs to defy gravity and fly. I know like the song defying gravity. Anyway, it's not as if it was an airplane. The train was moving whether or not I had an extra kilo or two in my luggage. However, they have their rules. I had two pieces of checked luggage, two personal items, and a little box with a little hat. It's the fascinator for my Sophie Tucker show, which I will need in Fresno, and which I didn't want to mail. So I guess I had two things, plus a hat in a see-through container, so clearly it was just a hat. They took exception to my rolling bag. They said it was a piece of checked luggage. It was not a piece of personal luggage. They insisted on weighing everything, pulled me out of line, pulled me to one scale, it was broken, pulled me to another scale, it was broken, and then told me that I had to pay $20 per bag, go figure, or they wouldn't let me board. So Deborah got in a big fight with them. I almost didn't get on the train. In the end, I dumped everything from my roly carry-on bag into other things, which somehow they had settled enough to make room. And went on the train and spent the next 13 hours thinking, okay, it's got to get better, Right. So I got up to Montreal and I took an Uber over to my new apartment, which I had rented three week, three months, three months before on Airbnb, which is not the cheapest way to rent an apartment, but there are reviews and pictures and it's a way to be sure you're getting what you're paying for and that you're not going to have any unpleasant surprises. There was an unpleasant surprise. I got there and I had a message From the person, the renter, I suppose, he was out of town, but if I buzzed a certain number I'd get in the apartment and he had said he left the key in the unlocked apartment. So I went upstairs to the fourth floor of this sketchy looking building and the apartment that I was given was not the apartment that I had rented. The apartment that I had rented was a lot nicer and renovated and next door and filled with people. I knocked at the door, I talked to the people, they had rented the apartment that I had been given, but it was in such a bad state when they arrived, the guy told them, go to this other apartment, we'll sort things out later, and then he had left town. I think he's something like 21, so youth of today, you failed me. Well, the place smelled like smoke, I specifically asked about that, he said no, it did. It had electrical, raw electrical things and The lights were hanging from the ceiling and they weren't mounted and the bathroom was disgusting and then a little cockroach came out and I thought, you know what, this isn't New York. I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. So I closed up the whole place and took another Uber, went to my friend Esther's house and basically panicked. There were no tears, but there were almost tears. I called Airbnb and they were wonderful. They offered to put me up in a hotel, which I didn't need because I, was, I spent two nights with Esther while I looked for another apartment and I finally found another place and it was far out of my price range, but I took it anyway and here I am. It is a lovely apartment. I would say the only problem I have with it is the fact that there is a giant photo of New York mounted over the bed. Three problems. Photo of New York over the bed, which is a bit of salt and wound at the moment. There are no full length mirrors or really mirrors at all. And so I have no idea how I look most of the time. Too bad. And the shower, since I am short and it is tiny, hits me full in the face. And so it's a little hard to shower because I keep getting hit in the face by water. And my face is pretty clean generally, but it is probably cleaner than it's ever been. But apart from it, I love the apartment. I want to stay in this apartment. I don't want to leave. I'm hoping that he will rent it to me in April, and I'll somehow be able to afford it. Still so much cheaper than New York. So much cheaper, but still poor artists can't afford an apartment. But here I am in Montreal, and I have tried a few things in Montreal to get settled in, and... I have gone out to a few meetups, I've gone to a few knitting groups, and I'll talk about that later, maybe with Esther on the next episode, but I haven't had much luck settling in as far as meeting people, but I love the city, and here I am, and I'm excited to tell you more about Montreal. But meanwhile, here are some of our adventures, my adventures, and some of the people I was with in the last couple of months. We're in South Carolina. Yes. And this is a knitter. Somewhat. She's a knitter and she's a swap petition superstar. Woohoo! Swap petition. Yes. Um so what's your Ravelry name and what do you knit when you're in Just say something it's really time tight. <laughs> I so can tell me Say too.
3: something about something. Something about something. Uh, my Ravelry name is C-R-D-C-A-R-D-R-E-Y. I Um I live outside of Charleston. Um, with my sheep dog who Melanie's got the experience fully knitting wise I am a sporadic knitter um, either I'm knitting intensely for a couple of months and then I go several months without knitting um, probably because of the, the warmer weather here I hardly knit during the summer what else should I say
0: <laughs> your dog eats knitting though
3: she does she's an appreciator of knitting um If You know, I think it's the fiber and the smell. And she is a sheepdog.
0: That's true. So she she could be hurting the knitting. Or my alpaca. You know, maybe she's hurting.
3: It's an instinctive thing. She wants to nudge it along to where she wants it to be. Yes,
0: in her stomach. So are there any yarn stores here in town? I didn't see any when I... You know, we've had
3: a couple that have closed. The close one is in Somerville, which you noticed is the birthplace of Sweet Tea. Um, that's the only non-chain one that's closed. We used to have a uh, one on John's Island that I love to go to and one in downtown Charleston, a nice old building, but those have closed.
4: That's too bad.
3: It is um, because, you know, you like to feel the yarn, and the big box stores usually don't have what you're looking for. That's
0: true. Yeah. So why should someone come to Charleston?
3: Oh, my gosh. I'm am an ambassador for Charleston. History, architecture, beach, nice weather, um, food. It's become a real foodie destination. We have some top chefs here. Although, if you want to come for the food, get your reservations ahead of time. Well ahead of time.
0: Although, we had fried green tomatoes last night. We did, and they were good. I had never had them either. We were both virgins. Oh, all three. Oh, Chad's my gosh. Here. Chad was a virgin, too. Well, no, no. Mm-mm. Okay, Chad. Uh, experience.
3: Experience guy.
0: But but we were virgins. Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> And we had, they were, they're good. I I didn't picture them quite as they were. They were thick. They were of yeah. like portobellos almost, but tomatoes.
3: I guess they just sliced them thick. Tomatoes can be pretty big.
0: So, yeah, that was, I'm not sure why. Did the tomatoes, are they a green kind or do they just pick them early?
3: I'm a virgin. I don't know the answers to this.
0: This is a podcast of virgins today.
3: Yeah, boy.
0: Yeah. It was also, well, I had some sweet tea
2: sweet tea
0: vodka, sweet tea, vodka
3: oh that's a big deal what'd you think
0: well i was a virgin there too yeah so i'm no longer i thought yeah. it was really quite good we have the only Super tea really
3: plantation in the united states really um a few miles away and yeah the vodka is is made in that same place on the same island
0: it was i could have drank a lot more <laughs> it's dangerous And i don't really drink but it was yeah it was good um I've never actually had a sweet tea, though, so that was the closest I've gotten. Hmm.
3: I am not a sweet tea fan, which is heresy in the South. People drink it here like lots of people drink water. and I'll I'll drink it, but I don't crave it.
0: And what is really neat for me, and I'm sure, Chad, you've seen it and it's clear you live here, um, but you see all the Christmas decorations and it's hot outside because <laughs> there's not usually snow here. This Yeah. The south. if you look
3: me up on Ravelry right now, my avatar is a palm tree lit up with Christmas lights because that's what we do. I mean, it has been exceedingly hot here. Um, it's been in the eighties this week, which is unusual. Um, usually it'd be a little chilly.
0: And for Canadians, that's hot. I think yeah. it's 20, um, 20. Nine eight I don't she's looking it. at me
3: like I know,
0: yeah I don't know. I just make it up, and everyone just usually nods and believes <laughs> me so all right, so um what else you're an ambassador, so what um you've lived here most of your life? I have, and what would you do if you had to leave the south?
3: I have lived outside of the south for i did for eight years. I lived in Louisville, Kentucky, which is a great city, there's yeah, so much so- going on there and and it's it's located close to Chicago and St. Louis and Kentucky. Nashville, and you can just go and see and do almost anything. And I just missed home. There Kentucky's was Kentucky's in the north. Uh, it's on the border. I think there were troops fighting for both the South and the North. Um, Louisville's right on the border of Kentucky and, and Ohio. Oh, it's near and Ohio? Indiana. Yeah. Oh, you So got, you, you got away. Well, yeah, yeah, I know about your feelings about Ohio, but Cincinnati's a pretty cool place. Oh, been, I've, I've, <laughs> uh, I've never been to Cincinnati. No, you need to go. But anyway, I, I remember one one winter in Louisville. It was the coldest winter in recorded history, and I had the flu or something, and I lived in an orphanage. Um, I was a house parent in a Catholic orphanage, and so basically, my room was a nun cell. It had a bed and a sink. Wow. You know, and... Uh, it was a deal that the nuns have with the seminarians. Uh, I was going to seminary, and they provided free room and board for us in return of, you know for helping take care of children. And it was cold, and I was sick, and I had my little black and white TV on, and a commercial came on for South Carolina. It was smiling faces, beautiful places. And I was hit with such a wave of homesickness. Um, there was a flagpole outside of my room that... Um, when, when it was windy, the, the line of the flagpole would bang against the flagpole and go ting, 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 ting. And for me, that sounded like sailboats here. People would pull their sailboats up on the beach and the lines. I'm so sailing savvy, you know, but the lines, that hold the sails would make that same sound. And I just remember being so homesick. So when the opportunity came to move home, we did.
0: So, um, but what about your knitting up there? It's a chance to wear knitting? I did not knit at
3: that time. Oh, your
0: hands would have frozen anyway.
3: It's true. It was really cold. I have a friend um a voice student friend to thank for the fact that I knit. really um, Well that's a we good traded topic. yeah, well, she was an adult, and um, she we were talking about Christmas, and she said she had all of Christmas down, except for she was knitting a sweater for her man friend, oh. and I said, oh you know how to knit. I've always wanted to learn how to knit. And so we traded a month of lessons each way. Really? Month of voice lessons for a month. I know, but she taught me some. She got a good deal. Yeah. Well, I know, but she's a good student and she taught me a lot. And I was doing a lot of shows at the time, musicals, and spent a lot of time just knitting backstage. It's a really good activity for backstage because um, you can still listen to your cues. You can still listen for conversations. Um, I'm an avid reader, so if I read while I'm backstage, I get so sucked into the story that I would miss my cue. And you miss should read digits. Moby Dick backstage. Then that right. would work, you think?
0: Yeah. And yeah. well, everyone would avoid you. Or, <laughs> I like Moby Dick, but still.
3: I don't know. You might think everybody would avoid you if you were knitting. I mean, they do. Or yeah. they ask you
0: to knit them things, and then you do.
3: That is a problem. Yeah, yeah. And then you find out they're not knit-worthy. I, I knit a hat for one of the uh, stage tech guys, the lighting tech guy, and he lost it within a couple of weeks. Wow. So. Yeah, I know. Chad, never that again. That's
0: what I knit for him, I hope.
3: That, that would be really bad.
0: Nope.
1: Don't yeah. do it. it. goes in the drawer.
0: It goes in the drawer. Yay. The but drawer. do wear it?
1: I wear it. Okay. When it gets cold. Very
0: I, I will. I will knit you something else soon. You're on my list after this <laughs> scarf that may never finish, ever. Um, so, there was another question. Oh, now... On our drive, we passed several houses of the dead, and so those are the houses with the candles in the window, you know, because why else would a house be lit up by spooky candles unless the dead walk at night? And I got to stay in one last night. Woo-hoo. <laughs> so it was so weird being <laughs> on this side, watching the candles and waiting, you know. Oh, uh, it's just a Christmas
3: be... thing it here. It is, all year. Oh, see, I don't do it all year.
0: Oh, I've seen it all year up near New York. Oh, wow. And you're just driving along the country road, happily lost in the dark alone, and all of a sudden, there's these spooky houses with, I don't know, maybe 20 candles. See,
3: to me, I think it's welcoming. It is. so For the
0: dead. <laughs> so it was really weird. And, and then a moth flew at my face, so I thought it was no, the dead. Actually, no. I thought it was a palmetto. And you guys didn't wake up. There was a scream.
3: I missed it. <laughs> so that was
0: pretty dramatic. We do have,
3: You want to explain about palmetto bugs?
0: They're cockroaches that people in the South politely call palmettoes. Because they're huge. They're cockroaches, though. They fly. Um, anyone being in the South... Well, know. I've been, been flown at a few times in Orlando Ugh. and New Orleans, so... Just doesn't get
3: cold enough to kill them.
0: I don't think anything kills them. Ever. Ever. Um... I wouldn't kill them. I would run away, so... Um, <laughs> and I don't mind bugs. So, um... If you were giving people hints for swap petition next year, because we're, we're probably going to do it earlier next year, so it means Yay! There's, there's not going to be a whole year in between. There will be that's some months, time. and then we'll probably do it earlier. Um, what what hints would you give someone?
3: I think presentation is important, because you see the pictures of everybody when they first open their box, and there are all these nicely wrapped packages, and that's exciting, and actually having something to unwrap is fun to yeah, wrap your thing. prolong the experience, you know. Um, I think that, I think, think that stalking your partner is really important.
0: So give information about how you get stalked. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, my, my, what do you call it? The person I gave presents to this year was very, very good and specific about Stash House. Oh, right. Was really good. She does, does several swaps. And so on her information page. I mean, there was a lot of information about her that just ruled out some things totally. Um,
0: she lives in Wisconsin.: Yeah, and you know what? it
3: it just made me think that I need to go on my my page and update some things.
0: You know are there better questions we could ask?
3: No, I think your questions are very good.: okay,
0: fishing for compliments.
3: But I think you know, I think the random, ridiculous question is always good. You
0: never know. You never know yeah. what someone's going to say. Well, my hint, I've realized, is it's usually cheaper to FedEx it than to send it by U.S. mail.
3: Is that true? FedEx
0: Ground, because one of them we sent by U.S. mail, and it was light, and it cost $20, and FedEx yes. it was 16 and it got there. It was insured, and it got there. In-
3: you know, I, I did that uh, flat rate box this year. That also, the flat rate box works. Because, yeah, I, I had in the past been wrapping gifts really elaborately, and putting them in boxes, and the postage was more than what I spent to put in the box.
0: FedEx ground. That is my. That's there you go.
3: Endorsement. Memories. Maybe Endorsement. they will endorse the savvy girls and be an advertiser for. Yeah, them. that
0: would be great. <laughs> so, like, wrap me up and send me somewhere. Yeah. Well, today we're getting wrapped up and we're going to Daytona Beach. So. Woohoo! Woo! We have to start driving. I'm staying home. To knit? Are you knitting? Wait, my last well, I will collection. probably knit today. What are you knitting now? I am
3: knitting a Carolina Panthers scarf. Okay. For people that don't know, that's an NFL team here in America. Um, it's a knit-along called the score, Scoreboard Knit-Along. And the way it works is you pick your team's colors. In my case, it's Carolina blue and black and white. And I started at the beginning of the season and for each football game, when the Panthers scored, each for each point they scored, I knit a row of blue. And for the opposing team, whoever they were, each time they scored, I knit a row of black. Um, And in between each game, I knit three rows of white just to divide the game. So the scarf is a history of the whole season. You can take it game by game and remember not only the score, but the order in which the points are scored. Wow! Um, It's turning out to be a really, really long scarf. (laughs) They've had a great year.
0: Nice.
3: So that's the main project. I've got a baby sweater on hold. The baby that I'm knitting it for will be grown up by the time I get it finished. So I'll have to give it to somebody else. They'll have their own babies. Oh, maybe. It could be. (laughs) Or
0: your dog will eat it.
3: No, you know, she's somewhat behaved.
0: It's weakness for knitting. I mean, she's in the right environment. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, And, you know, she's just an opportunistic knitting eater. Knitter eater.
0: Only when it's there.
3: If it's just right in front of her face, yeah.
0: We have to start driving. You should. Yay. But thank you so much. um, Oh, it's been
3: so great to have you here. You
0: better sign up for next swap petition. Oh,
3: yeah, absolutely.
0: So I'm here with my friend Chad, and we are having a girls and boys gone wild New Year's. <sighs> That's Chad uh, pretending to be one of the New Year's horns because we heard so many, so many New Year's horns. So Chad, why don't we just tell a little bit about how savvy girls and savvy organists do New Year's?
1: Well, if they're anything like us, you, uh, you get invited to Disney by a cast member, and uh, you enjoy some fireworks, which are which I think you would agree were pretty spectacular.
0: They were amazing, but can we start with what's a cast member? So, Disney works a certain way.
1: Disney works a certain way that no one's an employee, everyone's a cast member, and therefore you're all part of the action, you're all part of the show. And we are not customers as ticket paying folks or price, you know, admission paying folks. We are guests.
0: That it really does. It's, so it's more like of a welcoming.
1: It's like a theater, it's like a show.
0: It is, and so you were lucky enough to have a very, very generous, very good friend who is a cast member, and who gave us a couple passes, so we were able to go on on New Year's to the busiest, happiest, and busiest place on Earth.
1: It's pretty rare to be at capacity day and get in that late.
0: So Magic Kingdom was full early morning, and we we meant we. Originally planned to get to Magic Kingdom at something like nine. I think they opened at ten, but we'd get there at nine and we'd stay there all day. Except we didn't because we realized that there were things in the world we needed, and those things were actually available for purchase at the outlet which were close to Disney World,
1: but which we just killed on by the way. Oh
0: yeah, we, we did okay, we did those outlets like no one has ever done. We each had a couple things we needed and we did it. Chad needed it it. Chad needed underwear, underwear bod. I needed shoes, boots, performance shoes.
1: Check, check, check.
0: Everything, just everything. Chad got some shorts. I got a present for our neighbor Tina. Just everything got done and nothing got done. We didn't buy anything we didn't need. I mean, we really, we did. Often people, I think they go to outlets and buy things that are overpriced that they don't need, but we did it. We did it. We were very savvy. So we did that, and then we ate lunch at the best place in the world for lunch when you just want to eat all the food. And can you tell about Sweet Tomatoes? Because it's all over the States, just not in New York City.
1: It's not in the Northeast, but um, one of my fav- favorite places to go when anytime I'm in California or in the Southeast when I'm back home here in Florida is is a chain called Sweet Tomatoes, which is owned by... A parent company called Soup Plantation, which essentially is just a chain chain of restaurants, specifically offering a soup and salad buffet. And as lame as that sounds,
0: it's not lame. It's healthy and delicious.
1: It's amazing. They're, they have they have just they have just some of the best offerings I've seen.
0: You can eat salad all day. The thing is, I eat pizza, and maybe I maybe I do not go for the healthiest. Who sweetness. does? Good point. And there's ice cream. And, and it's saucer. always
1: fresh. And they're they're baking brownies and muffins and. Cakes and cookies, and you know,
0: it's really it's really fun, and it is healthy for a buffet, and the stuff does look really nice, and it's inexpensive. So, and there are always coupons somewhere or other. So, if you are in a place with the sweet tomatoes, go check it out. Go check it out. Invite me to come. Invite Chad to come too. So no one was knitting there, so it's safe from knitting. Also, so then we went to the park, and we met Chad's friend and Chad's friend's husband, and we went in the park, and we we went to Epcot. And what was it like there on New Year's?
1: Very full, and we didn't get on a single ride just because it was three-hour waits for everything.
0: Can you imagine three hours for a ride?
1: Well, I, we didn't do it.
0: The thing is, we we didn't pay to get in. If you paid what one hundred and fifty-five dollars say to get in, and you spent a third of the day waiting in line for a five-minute ride, that's kind of crazy.
1: You would, I mean, I mean, if you then if you add up all those hours, I mean, even if you got there at nine and you waited three hours you know you're waiting 6 9 hours for three rides.
0: I just maybe New Year's Eve is but people were waiting. That's the thing. People were waiting and they were they were smiley while they were waiting. No one seemed upset. It was except for some of the people we saw having fights. Right. But that was later. Um I think the marital distress broke out at the end of the day for some of the couples leaving the park. But yeah. but they had you know it's not just for kids. Can you tell about the wine tour, Chad?
1: Well, um, right the tour. Daniel, my friend's husband was with us, and he was very, uh, very astute to notice that that on some of the one of the signs on the next to the cashier's desk, I believe in we started in France. There was a, they were offering a deal, of essentially, essentially like a wine flight across um, the the various pavilions, which are countries, by the way, um, representing uh, Germany, France, and Italy, and uh, basically for one flat price, you can have. Um, a flight of different, of the best wines of, of every region. And I don't know, do, do these folks know about Epcot, like how it's all set up? Maybe
0: they don't. And you've been there way more than I have. Well, so it's just
1: really simple. It's just every, all the all the main pavilions and what they call the World Showcase, which is like a big circle. Well, your phone's happy. Yeah, I'm turning it off. Excuse me. So, so you know, you, have, you basically have, uh, what, eight countries represented? Is it eight?
0: Let's see. We have Canada, the States, Britain. Britain, France, Germany, Italy, Morocco. Morocco, China, Japan, sort of Australia area,
1: mm.
0: Norway, which is becoming Arendelle, basically,
1: and then uh, Mexico. Mexico. The twelve.
0: Okay, so twelve. Yay, us. We we saw them all.
1: We saw them all. They're all they're all magnificent. We've seen them a couple times, so we, we kind of blew right through them. But the attention to details, particular, my favorite pavilion in Morocco is pretty astounding, and I think Melanie would agree that it's pretty pretty accurate.
0: And it was actually neat having Daniel there, our friend's husband, because he, he had some interesting factoids about some of them. For example, Morocco, the king of Morocco actually came and supervised the building of the Moroccan pavilion to make it as authentic as possible. Right. So, yeah. And,
1: and they actually have the original letter of, uh, or a copy, not the original, sorry, a facsimile of the original letter of the king of Morocco to George Washington, officially recognizing us as a sovereign country.
0: Don't us, so, don't us me there, Chad.
1: That's right. So- we Americans. Uh, which uh, it's kind of neat. Uh, it's interesting trivia for for you knitters that are that are interested in history and want to stump your friends. That the first country actually to recognize the United States of America as a sovereign nation was in fact the Kingdom of Morocco.
0: And was this back in the 1700s? Was yeah, this...
1: back in the late late 18th century.
0: And they weren't worried about having. I mean, didn't they have diplomatic relations with Britain at the point in time? Were they not worried? They more that?
1: with France, didn't they?
0: And that's why they recognized America. All right, all right. Like suddenly, it all comes clear. Our,
1: our oldest ally is France. Yes. Viva la France.
0: Viva la France. Okay, well what else? It was it was kind of insane there because there was thousands, hundreds of thousands of people everywhere milling, collapsed. It actually parts of it looked like just people did they couldn't move anymore. They were collapsed on street corners holding little 2D sound makers and Disney and yeah.
1: I mean, there were living, walking sound makers, Melanie.
0: No? Everyone in the park was a living, walking. With
1: hats on. With hats on. Um,
0: but we had fun. The fireworks show, I admit, I've, I love fireworks, but I, I, I thought, okay, what's the big deal? I can't see anyway. There are tall people in front of me. And I almost cried. At the end, it was just the the white, like, it was spectacular. I admit, Disney, it got me. I didn't think it could, but it did.
1: It was marvelous. I've seen that show a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty similar show throughout the year, except they have a very, they had like a special tag at the end. It was to the make tag. It. it was like the last couple of minutes that they added on specifically for New Year's Eve. That was really something else. I wasn't expecting that. That was unbelievable. Like
0: all of a sudden you couldn't see because there were millions of fire, white fires all over. It was, it was really fun. That was a really neat way to do New Year's. And then since we left at a timely, in a timely fashion, we missed all the traffic. We went to the biggest wine store Ever, total
1: basically. wines. I'm making a plug for total wines. Total
0: wines. You're endorsing total. Wines.
1: I'm endorsing total wines. Uh, total wines and spirits. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a chain here in Central Florida, and it is. I think you can say a warehouse of it, liquor.
0: First, okay. I don't drink very much, so I've not been to that many liquor stores. But I was looking for a couple interesting beers, and I, they were there. That my favorite beer from only beer I like. It was there. Krabby's. And they had root beer beer, which was really good.
1: Excellent beer. And Some of the best beer I've had. There
0: was a sommelier there, so he told us which cheese to get, which we are eating currently, with champagne.
1: Which was amazing.
0: So we brought our wine back here, we ordered a couple of burgers from room service, and we rang in the New Year with Hobbits on TV. So it was great.
1: Hard to beat, and then today was quite relaxing.
0: Today we went to the hot tub and tootled around Daytona Beach and ordered burgers for service and yeah that's no knitting no there's been no knitting it's okay it's okay
1: i mean it's okay i mean when are you gonna get back to the knitting though
0: wait you're pressuring me to knit
1: i mean this is a knitting podcast maybe a knit cast
0: maybe a knit cast indeed when do you want me to knit
1: this is not about me i'm just a guest here
0: a full guest should be polite and <laughs> shouldn't tell their host to knit. <laughs> oh.
1: So when are you going to get back to the knitting? Well, how about this? What's your next knitting project? Well,
0: you know I'm working on the scarf.
1: Right. How's that going?
0: Um, it was going fine. It had a bit of an unfortunate accident on the way here. She
1: was working. I have to say, she was very industrious on her, on her sojourn down here.
0: First, sojourn's an amazing... Oh, I know what we were going to bring back. It was that word you used.
1: Potemkin village.
0: Yes, that's okay, well, that's what it was. Um, so yeah, I was industrious indeed because I hate knitting scarves and it's really boring and there's no pattern and I'm since I, I'm just doing one it's it's not um it's one row knit one row pearl that's all and on and on and on and on and the, the yarn breaks and it's beautiful alpaca but it's frustrating. And we stopped to visit one of our listeners, Cardrie, and we she was ...generous enough to invite us to stay with her in Charleston on the way down...
1: ...which was a tremendous city.
0: We didn't see much of it, but what we saw was beautiful. Amazing. Kind of want to go back and stay forever.
1: Yeah, kind of want to live there.
0: And dance at Charleston. Um Unfortunately, her dog had a bit of an appetite for knitting... ...and tried to eat my knitting a little bit. So it's a little drooly right now. Um <laughs> But, it, you know, it was almost almost ironic because... ...I don't know, it wasn't really ironic... The dog ate my knitting, but it's it's okay, and it's all fixed, and I will knit on
1: it tomorrow. I really love the color of it. I think I commented on that.
0: Well, thank you. Wonderful. It's stained by all the tears. <laughs> so many tears.
1: You were really working. You you did a wonderful restorative uh, restorative job on that.
0: There were just tears in general, though, because knitting's really boring.
1: I'm trying to bring this, the mood up.
0: Oh, oh, right. Well, we'll bring the mood up by bringing back some words. How's that? Thank you. Chad before polishing off the rest of our wine and I don't know whatever else musicians do thinking of practicing I thought we could each bring back a word for people so what what is your word Chad
1: my word for this podcast segment is the isn't two words actually it's a phrase if that's okay
0: it is okay it's we can do what we want
1: it's a phrase that's that's uh, that's mainly used as a metaphor these days but actually has real physical roots dating back from russia and it's known the phrase is potemkin village
0: potemkin village that is a phrase i've never heard until yesterday i hadn't heard it i hadn't heard that phrase in, before you used it yesterday and i said we have to podcast so can you please extrapolate on this fine word that
1: you're bringing back the phrase uh, in modern usage for those for those that I I thought this would be a more common word. I, Maybe it is except for everyone except um, for me. I but, do uh, read. No, no, no. I I, I, I'm I read like, Tolstoy. I know. I thought. I mean, you being you've watched your Russian literature, you would know this. But Potemkin village uh, in modern usage is mostly metaphoric and means it means it is something that has a, a a shiny veneer to cover up something that is actually rotten and dysfunctional and is designed to fool in you to thinking that it's something that it's not. That it's nicer than what it is, whatever it is, and metaphorically. What is, what is the historic context? So the historic context is is of doubtful origin, but it it is it is certainly of Russian origin. And it is the concept was that uh, Potemkin village was um, around you know the seventeenth and eighteenth centuries was something that is was like a new settlement in what they called New Russia uh, that was less less populated and um, wasn't that nice to look at, frankly. And so, when either the Empress Catherine the Second or or uh, Peter the Great or one of these big big ambassadors would come through, you know, they would have their you know their underlings would want to impress them, and they would want to put up this shiny veneer over these these broken down shacks where they would come by, and um, they were designed specifically to fool and impress wow. higher ups into making them think that uh, the situation was better than it was, but in fact, it was not a good situation.
0: So, so. if we're going to relate it to knitting say if you take crappy acrylic yarn and put a really shiny shiny tag on it and give it a really pretty name and a pretty display and so people who want classy yarn then go and buy that cheap yarn that is making it a Temkin village of yarn more or less, more or less. well this is the best I could do unless unless less. you can can you relate it to knitting
1: uh, I don't know enough about knitting <laughs> lucky
0: you hope oh, for the days of innocence
1: I'm sure I could think of one but I don't know you don't want to no and, for, and and Potemkin is not is not an is not a word in the Russian language or the English language. It's actually a person oh. that actually was in, actually worked for Catherine the Great, and wanted to was the guy who basically came up with this concept of of uh, you know, slapping on a, a shiny veneer to impress people that that were not from Russia and wanted to think that we were they were in better shape than they were.
0: And do you think the false fronts of the American frontier come from that at all? You know how the buildings would have those false second-story fronts? And ah, that was a pretty common architecture. Perhaps. I know what
1: you're talking about, perhaps.
0: Perhaps. Maybe someone knows. Well, my word, the word I... That, that's a really, really good word, actually. Um, the word I want to... It's a to,
1: nerdy word.
0: It is indeed a nerdy word. We hate. We know it now. What's your word? My word is... I don't know if it's racist. We're hoping it's not. My word is mathic.
1: But can you spell that?
0: M a f f i c k. It's an English word. It's supposed to be boisterous celebration. So when I saw the yarn on sale, I started Mafeking. hmm I, I had a wee maffic. The thing is, it's it's from the English celebration of the lifting of the siege of King in the I think it's the Second Boer War in South Africa in the year nineteen hundred.
1: Second World War. Boer War. Boer War. The Boer War. The Boer
0: War. The Second Boer War. Second Boer War. Yeah. The thing is. Um, there's some definite spotty history there about who did what and such. So although it's potentially an English celebration, it is not necessarily a celebration for everyone. So I'm not exactly sure if, if because of the somewhat recent etym- mal- logic,
1: <laughs> etymological
0: etymological source of that word, if we can use it. But you know what? Let's, let's bring it back. Let's make it. It's a cool word. Mathic. So... For example, when I saw that one skein of yarn in the colorway that I needed, I had a giant mafic right there on the floor of the yarn store.
1: Is that how it's used?
0: I have no freaking clue to have how it's to have used. A,
1: like a noun, a mafic?
0: It's an intransitive verb. I don't even know what that is. Interesting.
1: Means. To mafic.
0: Can you mafic something? Can you do it?
1: So, like bombastic. Like it's something bumped, like.
0: So, can you. I'm tired. Make it in a sentence.
1: Oh, you're using a context? Yeah, in
0: context of wool or organs. Because you play organ.
1: What's the exact definition? Let's see. With boisterous rejoicing and hilarious behavior. Never heard, I don't know. I don't know how to use, properly use that in a sentence.
0: It said that the word was confined to journalistic use. So I don't know if, if people actually use that word. But if you need a word, aside from... I mean, there are a lot of terms out there for celebrating boisterously. But if you need another one, maybe consider using mafic.
1: Well, I was all a mafic when I came to Florida.
0: Were you all a mafic? I was, I too was
1: Charleston, all, I was all a Mavic.
0: I was all a mafic too. And Matt. What are your Ravelry names? Ina Goddard's
2: And Westie8201.
0: And you two are a real live knitting couple. <laughs> it's true, yeah.
2: Something like that.
0: So what's it like? Tell me the story of how you became two knitters in love. Uh, well, well, the love came first and the
4: knitting came later. For both of you? Yeah, actually I didn't learn how to knit until after we were dating. Yeah. I had, a, I had a friend who was a crocheter first and I had been taught how to crochet when I was younger by my mom and she discovered Ravelry and then she discovered all of the, the patterns on Ravelry and kept finding things that she thought were beautiful but they were knitted and couldn't find a, a good comparable crochet because the, the fabric's just not the same. You can't make the same things with a crochet hook that you can with knitting needles. Not crocheted, I promise. Um, and so she decided she was going to learn to knit and then she decided that I should also learn how to knit. So I learned how to knit and a couple of years later we were living together. We got married and, um, it's actually Jasmine and Gigi's fault because,
0: um, they, I weren't... agree everything's their fault. I mean, yeah. Global warming. I totally. know they live in California and they do yeah. recycle it and compost and everything, but I, I blame global warming on Jasmine and Gigi.
4: Seems fair. Yeah. I mean, really. Even You're washing all those sweaters by hand. You're using all that water. Good point. Even yeah.
2: if it's not their fault, we're going to blame them.
4: Right. I don't know. I I was probably washing dishes or cooking or something, listening to the Knitwear Girls, and he was hearing an awful lot of smack talk about the Podcaster Throwdown and how, you know, they needed everyone to knit all the hats so that they could win all the things for bragging rights, of course, and, you know, helping people. That That's good, too. After hearing a couple of references to the uh, Podcaster Throwdown and... Asking well, what are we throwing down for and I said well, halos of hope It's an organization that donates hats to cancer patients who don't have you know who lose their hair and uh, A couple days later Jump in here anytime. Oh, am I just going? Okay a couple days later. He said I Do you think I could learn to knit so I could make hat to donate to the people who who need them and I said, probably. Do you really want to learn how to knit? Because you don't have to learn how to knit. I'm totally fine with you being a not-knitting husband. And he was like, no, I want to I learn to make a hat for, for people who need a hat. So he learned how to
0: make a hat. And how many hats did he make for Halos of Hope?
2: I made two.
0: For and the throwdown, yeah.
2: For the throwdown. And
0: did it stop there?
2: No, it has not stopped there. I have made at least one other hat. For you. For myself.
0: And part of a swatch.
2: Yes. I haven't finished the swatch yet.
0: And the swatch is just
2: a swatch? Or is it... It's going to be for a sweater that I'm going to oh. knit for myself. Yeah.
0: He's jumping from a hat straight to a sweater. So if he's making a boyfriend sweater for himself...
2: I, it doesn't count because it's not a boyfriend sweater. It's... A sweater for He myself. can't dump oh.
0: himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean,
4: I guess not. I told him I wasn't going to knit him a sweater because if he left me after the sweater then that was just that's not cool. You can't you can't divorce somebody over a sweater. But I'm sure it's happened so I wasn't taking any chances.
0: That's probably a
4: good idea. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the sweater that you're swapping for?
0: Yes. Tell us more um, about your knitting.
2: The, the, <laughs> well that the hat that I made was a uh, Winschief
0: By Stephen West. Uh,
2: Stephen West. Which I didn't bring with me. And then the, uh... Oh, hi, bird. The sweater is, uh, Rogue. I don't know who it's by. I don't either. Um, we can update that later.
0: Yeah, podcast show notes. Yeah, Yeah, we'll
2: put it in the show notes.
0: And um, swap petition. You are an avid swap petition participant. This is. Sorry, yes. she's eating so, your hair. i eating yeah, your <laughs> hair. Oh yeah, this is your second I year in swap petition. Yes. Yeah. And you brought you brought the scarf that someone made for you last year. Yes,
2: I did. Mm-hmm. I brought the scarf. It's that beautiful. Someone uh,
0: that your swap partner made that last. My year. My swap
2: partner made for me last year, mm-hmm. and we have already sent off.
0: Yeah, both of our
4: packages our are in the mail.
2: Packages. All. For,
4: uh, one is domestic, one yeah, is international.
0: So,
2: who knows when it will actually yeah. arrive?
4: We hope it. We hope it makes it across the pond.
0: Too bad you couldn't just climb in, right? I know, right? Places I, I would th- like to go. <laughs> well, so. you had a knitting injury. No, you had a swap petition injury. I, I did have a swap yes. petition
2: injury. The uh, the oven tried to bite my finger, and yeah. it burned me, but it's okay. It just looks bad.
0: It looks awful. It's like from knuckle to knuckle.
2: It doesn't hurt. So
0: he has this giant burn. It's not actually giant, but a giant burn. And yet he managed to come to New York. It's true. With the
4: burn. They didn't even stop him at TSA for the burn. To ask if it was a knitting injury.
0: (laughs) Your forehead looks worse than your finger. So he he got here and then you... uh, Can you tell the story? It happened... You were the tragic victim?
2: Um... I was taking my hat off, and I just scratched my forehead with my thumb. Can you make
0: it more dramatic than that?
2: No. Dun,
0: dun, dun. Because that's
2: how it happened, and I'm not overly dramatic like that. And He's got to balance me out.
0: Oh, right. fair enough.
2: <laughs> and, and now yeah. I have a, what, three-inch no,
0: scratch? No, it's two inch, about an inch and a half. Inch
2: and a half-inch scratch. It's on all forehead. I can look
0: at. <laughs> right, in, right in your forehead. Yeah, it's all—it's all I can see I mean, right now. You can put your hat on; I'll still see it. He
4: practically looks like Harry Potter. He actually does look like Harry Potter. He's the boy who lived after knitting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's now covered up. He's covered up. I can up still see it scar in my mind. Yeah. So knitting. What? What are you? I don't know. Say something about knitting. Oh, knitting. I'm knitting. What are you knitting? Um, I'm currently
4: working on a sock head hat Ooh. for a Christmas gift drew my sister-in-law in in the gift exchange for this Christmas and all she wanted was warm winter hats and warm gear to run in and I was like I feel like this was on purpose
0: you could have been knitting long underwear it could
1: have been I could have been
4: yeah that's true but I'm knitting the head hat out of mad tosh twist light in the um, Doctors Without Borders
0: colorway. I've never seen that kind of a tag before on
4: Madeline Todd. Yeah, I, I think it's special because the, the proceeds of the yarn go to Doctors Without Borders. 100% of the profits of this yarn go toward a humanitarian relief efforts provided by Médecins Sans Frontières. That's Doctor or Doctors Without Borders. Doctors Without Borders, yeah. So, and, and this yarn base came from South Africa, it says, so...
0: I and you made, your, you made your knitting bag yourself. I did. And you made one for me. I have a Doctor Who bag I now. I did. Which is perfect because I like Doctor Who and I need to start another yarn project at some point mm-hmm.
4: with knitting on it. Well, at least you can think about Doctor Who while you're knitting and it'll make you happier. It will make me happier. Or you can just carry it around while you're procrastinating knitting and just think about David Tennant.
0: Look, I knit a hat in a day and a half. I binge watched Man in the High Castle on Amazon and I knit a hat in the last two days, it's done. It's a gift for a friend. It is already in the mail. Do you know what the pattern was? I do, actually. The pattern is Fortnite by Jared Flood. Okay. I only know because this is the fifth time or fourth time. At fourth time I've knitted this hat. Okay. I don't like the way this hat is finished. I like the finished the beginning is easy because it's knit one row, of knit one row, of purl mm-hmm. in the round, and then you start with these cables, which work out pretty well. But when you're when you're um, reducing stitches near the end and still cabling, it oh, it yeah. gets cabling to the bitter end. Actually, it gets kind of bitter. Yeah. And it does. At the end, you for, you wouldn't think the last few rows would take just as long as the first few rows, but it actually takes longer. And so, so do the decreases happen
4: between the cables or inside the cables? Between the both? cables.
0: Between the cables. Um, I think the last one happens inside the cables. Those get fussy. It's just fussy because by the time you reduce to four needles as opposed to a round needles, mm-hmm. they're heavy and they kept slipping out. Because they, it's on size eight. It goes pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's, I knit that. I have done my knitting for mm-hmm. 2015, I think. Yeah. I think I've knit two things this year. I think you're you're ahead of the game.
2: You're, you're ahead of me, so that's... There that you counts. go.
0: And I have no injuries to show for it. Just my heart. <laughs> Just your heart. I have to say my swap partner is not getting anything that I knit for them. Oh,
4: did you read Deborah's bin of knitted items?
0: No, the bin is items. gone. I have I have oh. scraped the bottom of that bin <laughs> for myself. And so <laughs> Unfortunately I, I did not I made I made a bag. Oh, okay. Which could use an iron, but I'm probably not going to iron it. I'm just going to send it. You already sewed it? Yes, I'll show it to you. Oh, it's right here. You're supposed to press it before you sew it, right? I don't know. I mean, if you didn't press it before you sewed it, it's okay. Who knows these things? It's going to go in a bag. What do you think? Oh, it's cute. I had to pull out the top and do it again. That's the part that probably needs pressing
4: it's it's fully lined and it's got cute little sheep fabric and a drawstring ribbon and
0: i use the fabric the first year of swap petition for my package so it is, oh, it is bringing it full circle it's, it's very swap petition
4: this bag it's nicely done yay it's okayly done yeah i would be happy if someone gave it to me i mean it's a free project bag those of us who knit more than two things a year like to have bags to put our knitting in that's a good point yeah
0: as opposed to bins, <laughs> yeah, as opposed to bins. <laughs> bins being the British word for garbage. Okay, right. Got, you got I forgot that. I was gonna say, or, gonna hate or, ziploc bags. Yeah, or, or Ziploc bag. Yeah, or Ziploc bag. I see a lot
4: of Ziploc bags sometimes at my at my LYS. So I'm like, guys, really?
0: So, what is your LYS? Um, well, the the closest shop to me
4: isn't a traditional LYS. I just call it that. It's called Six One Four Knit Studio. Okay. And um, they just opened spring of this year, and they're not like a traditional yarn store where they carry all the different types of yarns and and whatever. They mainly focus on teaching and classes and um, workshops and stuff like that. They do carry some needles and some notions, and they bring in special yarns for the knit-alongs that they do. Oh, so
0: they actually have knit-alongs. That's nice.
4: Yeah, so they have a lot of open knit time and social knit time, and they do a knit-along every month or sometimes longer depending on the project. And um, then they bring in special people to do workshops and clinics and stuff like that. So we had, I think the last big person that we brought in, they bring in like guest vendors and they'll do like a pop-up shop for different local vendors. Oh nice, nice. like trunk shows. Yes, yes. Um, And they'll do local dyers for trunk shows or jewelry makers. They had a lady who just came in who had like beautiful shawl pins and jewelry and necklaces and stuff. Um, the last workshop weekend they brought in was Stephen West and Stephen B. Which is a lot of Stephen in a small room. <laughs> and they were awesome. So it was pretty fun. And it's it's right around the corner from our house, which is great. And we like to hang out over there. Holla! Shout out, Andrea. But it just opened and we're really excited.
0: You both are, actually? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I hang out there t- from time to time. Yeah. Not as often, but... Yeah. I'm I'm one of the token... Token males that hang out there. Yeah.
0: You're not just creeping on knitters like all the other men there? Hey, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Let me touch your balls. Wait.
4: (laughs) Yup. No. No? I have a very strict policy about that. (laughs) No no one can touch your balls? No. I I have concerns about anybody that he wants to touch their balls. (laughs) (laughs) He's only allowed to touch your balls. Pretty much, yeah. Yes.
0: Fair enough. You're only allowed to touch his balls.
4: Yeah, I mean it's a trade off. Okay, it's I mean every relationship is give and take, right? (laughs) Yes. Meanwhile, he's like, I can never show my face (laughs) in among knitters again. They're all gonna hear this.
0: So crochet? You don't crochet?
2: I do not crochet. My brother crochets. You have or, a
0: twin brother? Yes, mm-hmm. I have a
2: twin brother. He's the evil twin. Yes, he is. Okay. He will even admit to being the evil twin.
0: He's the beta version. He's the Jessica Wakefield. Kind of. Okay.
2: Um, he has crocheted and I refuse.
4: He crochets with Red Heart though. Oh. Which is kind of not. I don't enjoy it. You it's
0: don't fine enjoy fine watching him crochet or you don't enjoy I it. don't enjoy
4: Red Heart. It's hard on my hands. So I don't I don't find it enjoyable to work with. He's a crow schnob Is that a thing I just made? Wait, that up. this is a new word. There you go. I'm gonna schnob. I'm gonna Yeah, I'm gonna pen this. He is a crow schnob And um when we were dating, um Matt was saying that he needed a new blanket. That he would really like a new, like heavy Matt being Matt yeah. right here at your husband. Yeah. My husband said he wanted the man it. with the mm-hmm. okay. Yes, that one. Okay. <laughs> Um, said he would really like... He likes blankets that have, like, yeah. substance, that have weight to them. All right. And so I thought, well, you know, an afghan, you know, a nice crocheted afghan would definitely be the way to go if you want something with substance. And, you know, you don't have to do a lot of, like, edging, like, knitting a roll. If you just knit back and forth, it rolls on itself, and that doesn't make a good blanket. Who knew these things? Yeah, apparently knitters.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, well, if
4: I just crochet a blanket, then I don't have to do a lot of edging or whatever, because... You know, he's not an ornate
0: guy. And you can make hooker jokes the entire time. Oh, tons of hooker jokes
4: that nobody will get but me, but that's okay. It's okay. And so I was crocheting the blanket, and when I gave it to Matt for Christmas, his brother came over and looked at it and said, oh, so this is just a half double crochet through the back loop for the whole thing? And I said, just that? It's taller than he is. It was like six and a half feet tall by five feet wide just, that's a lot of crochet.
2: For, for a queen size blanket.
4: Yeah, it's, it's a full bed size blanket, yeah. And so he was, a, he was a crochet knob and then he started asking like what other things that I'd crocheted and I was like, I also knit myself a sweater, does that count for anything? Well, no.
0: It sounds like your life is full of knitting drama and heartbreak. Also crochet. Drama it's, and heartbreak. It's drama Thanks. with the brother.
4: I got the low drama twin. For sure. He's also loud.
0: This guy right here, sitting here, who hasn't talked at all? No, the twin. Oh, right. The twin I didn't know if this loud. was irony. <laughs> okay. The twin is loud all the time.
2: No, no, no. We, we are identical twins, and, and the face is where the similarities stop.
0: Although you mm. both are crafters, so actually the similarities
2: don't. Mm, yeah.
0: Is that why you scarred yourself tonight, so you wouldn't look like him? <laughs> I've had Potentially.
4: enough.
2: Potentially.
0: He's hoping to be...
4: He's hoping to be confused for Daniel Radcliffe in the future, not his brother.
2: <laughs> Except that Daniel Radcliffe is short
0: and <laughs> like, British.
4: <laughs>
2: really, really short.
0: <laughs> That's okay. So if you guys, okay, so we didn't say this. You're from Ohio. We are from Ohio. Now, Deborah and I made. I don't know if we cut it when we've insulted Ohio. I don't know if that's actually made <laughs> oh it no, in. Oh, no, it's definitely made, it's made Ohio, it in. It's made it in. Okay. How it it's basically horrifying. fate, worth, and death I
4: felt Ohio. so bad that you had such a bad experience in Chicago, or in Columbus. In Chicago.
0: Chicago was okay, actually.
4: But yeah. <laughs> I not for the one yard store, nobody talked to you.
0: Right. But we got free it's, stuff. So, oh, well, I guess. That's I really mean, that
4: one book of ponchos made it worth it.
0: <laughs> how about men in belted sweaters i still oh. feel someone should make pornography right i feel i should make pornography i feel like we just need a
4: soundtrack and you just need to hold up the still shot and tell a story behind it we've got a man we've got we a camera
0: we do We don't have a belted sweater but we don't have any crocheted shorts i think i think that we could maybe make this work it can happen where there's a will, right? Where there's a belted sweater and a man, there can, be, there can be a dirty video.
4: There's gotta be a thrift store somewhere around here that's got a belted sweater. I
0: mean, I have a belt and I have a
4: sweater. We oh, could, we could just, yeah, that would work too. You're very quiet on this subject.
2: I didn't bring my kilt though. Oh.
0: It wasn't men in kilt, it's men. No.
4: I,
2: I know, but... sweater.
0: Would a belted sweater go with your kilt?
2: I don't know, what color is it?
0: All the colors. Well, before your marriage breaks up... <laughs> yeah, so we're from Ohio. So you're from Ohio, and what is it like to be a knitter in Ohio? Um, is it normal? Is it weird? It depends on where you are. Like well, there you're are definitely in some... Columbus. Columbus. So you're in <laughs> Columbus. Um, I've been there. There are some
4: communities that have more definitely have more of a knitting community than others. Columbus is pretty like knitter friendly. I would say there are several yarn stores in Columbus, and um, the studio just opened and. There there are places to go but there definitely are still weird looks. Like if I go to Starbucks and just have some coffee and knit, people look at me. I did have somebody say something about um something about, well I guess you got to do what you got to do to save money or something and I was like, <laughs> "Do you know how much this yarn costs?" Has- <laughs> yeah. "Do you really think I'm knitting these socks by hand to save money?" <laughs>
0: So they don't understand irony or sarcasm. Apparently not. In Ohio. Which is
4: funny because there are a ton of hipsters in Columbus. They're like everywhere, but they don't get the irony.
0: So that's, which, ir- that's even more yeah. ironic that the hipsters I don't know. understand irony. I know. I know. Cue
4: more set right now.
0: Except but, that song isn't actually about irony. I know. Which is
4: ironic. It's exactly. Exactly that the hipsters don't get it. But, yeah, the the place that I lived before I moved to Columbus, like, nobody understood why. Like, they just looked at me funny. They're like, so you made that? That's weird. And it was, like, the whole conversation. There was no, like, how did you learn that? Like, there was one lady who admired. I had a colleague at my last, my last job before I moved to Columbus that, like, actually admired my knitting. And then, then I found out later that she was, like a former costumer before she became a teacher. And so she knew how to sew and embroider and, you know, do a lot of handwork herself. And so she like actually recognized, uh,
0: she knew was... the value mm-hmm. in what you were
4: doing. She realized there was something that was hand knit and not something that I bought at like out of 21 or whatever.
0: Well, it's getting late. I think we have to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know any way to end this. Do you have a way to end this? I how do they end things in Ohio? Did you shoot them? No. Not necessarily. It's Unless it's in season. It's not season right now. It's not knitting
4: season? No. Well, I mean, it is. It's always it's knitting cold. season. Yeah, it's true. So in Ohio, it's always knitting season. In Ohio, it's always knitting season. It's true. You can say bye, y'all. We say y'all in Ohio. I'm not saying it. You have to say it. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Well,
0: it's neat and it's sweet. It's a ding-dong treat. Little socks for little feet. Just with your knitting all day.
4: Kitten's good for everyone, and that is why
2: we sing this kitten song. What is it? One pearl
3: two. What's a dozer gonna do with a goal? Darn, all yarn, and such a free
0: crop or pitch that kitten out the door right now. Thank you so much for listening to episode 156 of the Savvy Girls Podcast. If you'd like to reach us, we are, well, I'm in Montreal. I basically know nobody, so it would be cool if you were here and you said hello. So, yeah, I'm here in Montreal. Deborah's in New York. Savvy Bros and Savvy Mom is at Edmonton. And how to reach us. So, uh, let's see. I'm Melanie at Podcast. No, I'm not. Every time. I'm Melanie at SavvyGirls.ca. Deborah is Debra at SavvyGirls.ca. Savvy Bro is podcast at SavvyGirls.ca. We are on Ravelry, of course. We're on Facebook, Savvy Girls Podcast. We're on Twitter, which we need to do more, and I will. So much social media. Savvy Girls PCAST. Don't forget, I also have tidbits coming out in between each podcast, which aren't just rants about things, although they sometimes are. And, yeah, we will be back. I don't know. Let's see. Next episode, I will be likely in Edmonton with Savvy Mom. Deborah will be in New York. And Colette will be here too, because she is hanging with Savvy Mom. She's the bird. So, in the meantime, tend to your knitting, kitten. Battle to the battle, use is good. All the yards is free. Drop four. They send
4: me out the door right now.
2: Oh, okay, you're using all the lime green. My cardigan would look silly without lime green stripes. Don't shout. I'll shout. I'll shout if I want to. And do you know why? Why?
4: Because I hate nothing.